It's in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. The usual driver of this show, Eric Goodman, is taking a few days off for his honeymoon, and congratulations to newlyweds Mandy and Eric. I'm Terry Fry, and again sitting in with me today and Tuesday is the versatile Justin Adams, news and sports anchor and reporter at Denver's CBS4. You can watch us on milehighsports.com and reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry, T-F-R-E-I, and at Justin Adams TV. And if you're so inclined, you can check out www.terryfry.com for information about my work. And uh, you can read more about Justin and his background and work at denver.cbslocal.com. That's denver.cbslocal.com. Welcome, Justin. What's going on, Terry? How you doing? Not much. Not much at all. Our alma mater's in the, going in the tank. And yeah, yeah. Other yeah. than that, we're fine. Yeah. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Well, you know, obviously, there's been a lot of news that's gone on today, or actually, I should say yesterday. Uh, this thing called realignment. Yes, college football is changing if you like it or not. And two teams from the West Coast has made their way from uh, the Pac-12 to the Big Ten because it makes 100% sense to have USC and UCLA take on Maryland and Rutgers all the time. The one man that's here to talk all about it is our good friend from uh, BuffZone.com. Brian Howe. What's going on, Brian? How you doing, my friend? Well, I'm not sure how I feel about either of you driving this show, but uh, we'll go with it. <laughs> well, we'll see what we can do. You know, we're always talking about... I got my know, learner's permit last week. Right. Well, well, you know, we have to talk about the most important conference realignment news today, and that's, uh, you know, Sunbelt Conference. You have three teams <laughs> going from there. Marshall, Southern Miss, and Old Dominion. Those are the teams you are definitely talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess there's spots in the Sun Belt open. That's I, I don't right. <laughs> okay, where does UCLA and USC possibly leaving or leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten as soon as 2024? Where is that going to leave Colorado? You know, I I don't know, and I I'm not sure as I think about this over the last 24 hours what the best spot is for CU. Um, I think it it could be staying in the Pac-12. I think it could be Big 12. You know, if I'm CU, the first thing I want to do is try to latch myself to either the Big Ten or the SEC. And then if that doesn't work, I think, for me, I'd rather see them in the Big 12 than the Pac-12. So I don't know where they wind up landing, but if I'm CU, the first thing I do is try to get in the Big Ten or SEC. Yeah. How do we get here? How do we get to this point where, you know, you, you hear everybody talking about, okay, Oregon, Washington, those are the next two big dominoes to fall. And then you look at Colorado, and it's treated like a third cousin. It's like a, a redheaded stepchild. What the heck is going on there? How did Colorado fall from being a team that and, – and look, I get it, right? Two winning seasons, 17 years. I understand the history from there. But literally the tradition from being a team that won a, a national championship was one of the teams in the 90s that was the premier teams, won the Big 12 at 01 to where they pretty much have nowhere to go from here. How did this happen? Yeah, you know, I mean, that could be uh, the topic of uh, Terry's next book, actually. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's such a long topic. But, I mean, it is funny that, uh, I don't know if it's if funny is the right word, but, you know, a, a guy that made a lot of the coaching hires that didn't work out is Mike Bone. Right. Uh, and I don't think that, 
necessarily all those were his fault. I think that while it didn't work out, Dan Hawkins was considered a home run hire at the time. Yes, and, it was. You know, um, I, I actually think Mike McIntyre was a good hire. It just wasn't an elite hire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike Bone's the one that led CU into the Pac-12, and now he's probably the one that's about to lead, the, lead CU out of the Pac-12. But uh, So it's interesting how things have come full circle with him. But it's just such a series of things that have happened for a number of years at CU that they've never been able to really – figure things out on how to get football going again. I don't know why that is. Um, you know, they haven't done it yet. I don't know if Carl Durrell's the guy or not, but uh, there's not there's no proof yet that he's going to be the guy to do it. There's no proof that Rick George is the guy to do it yet. So um, until they figure that out, it's going to be tough sledding for them as they try to stay a major elite football program. Well, how pal- palatable can it be to remain in the, pa- remain in the Pac-12 and you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking, I really believe it. they've been downplaying it and saying that's not what's going on. But I think they'll end up going after Oregon and Washington, too. And if that happens, look out. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and to me, without L.A., being in the Pac-12 doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Colorado. I mean, L.A. is one of the reasons that they wanted to go to the Pac-12 was L.A. recruiting. They got a lot of alums out there. Well, and their big rivalry with Utah. That's right. <laughs> those are the two things, right? <laughs> But, I mean, honestly, I mean, it was such a big deal for a lot of those teams to make sure that trips to L.A. were a part of their schedule. And now you don't have that. You know, if Colorado's not going to be going to Los Angeles at all to play games, then, honestly, what's the point of being in that conference? I mean, it, to me, it makes much more sense to go to the Big 12. It makes more sense to be in the Big 10. I mean, they are – I think there's some attractiveness to them in the Big 10, not as much as in Oregon or Washington, but – there are some things about Colorado that make sense to the Big Ten, more so than probably the Pac-12 the way it is now. Well, what are those things? Because, I mean, everybody has their you know their opinion, and I know, look, someone said that the Buffs should go to the RMAC, for goodness sakes, and I love me some <laughs> RMAC, but I don't want to see CU take on Colorado School of Mines, okay? Um, what are some things that CU has going for them when they put their bid in for the for the Big Ten? Yeah, and I, and I know... You know, there's a, a journalist in town that's often said that they should go to the Mountain West. I don't think that's a step yet. Maybe that may ends up being where they, they go. But to me, I mean, as far as Big Ten goes, you know, I think that Colorado ought to try to align itself with Utah. You know, go arm-in-arm with really? Utah and pursue the Big Ten. Because, I mean, they're not going to – Big Ten's probably going to want two at a time, right? You know, you're not going to want an uneven amount of teams. So if you go with Utah, then now all of a sudden you offer the, the Rocky Mountain region – and the Denver market to the Big Ten. I think the fact that everybody says that the AAU schools are a big deal for the Big Ten, and CU is one of those. And uh, you've also got you know the possibility of renewing a rivalry with Nebraska. So uh, to me, those are things. That I don't know how strong those things are, but there's some connection there, I think, that makes CU somewhat attractive to the Big Ten. Maybe this is too much of a peeling back the curtain question, but as a journalist, I'm sitting here saying, how the hell did they keep this quiet? I mean, it just yeah. it was sprung on us yesterday. CU clearly was blindsided. I mean, Phil DeStefano and Rick George issued a statement today that kind of said that they were blindsided. Scathing statement, by how, the way. How, 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 the, how the heck did they manage to keep this quiet? Yeah, it, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it sounds like from all the reports you read that the Pac-12 was stunned by it and didn't know this was going on. So um, I guess kudos to, the, to them for keeping it quiet. But you're right. I don't know how they kept it this quiet, you know, that – you know, when it was first reported yesterday, I saw people saying, well, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Within a few hours later, it was uh, an official. So um, in this day and age, it's kind of hard to keep things quiet. And uh, I guess 
credit to those that did it that they kept it quiet. Their applications have already been approved. So much for the vetting process. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or, or unless that already happened and all that went, uh, all that happened way before yesterday. We're talking about football mostly, but what, how does it affect CU, the rest of the athletic department? Yeah, I think it's a big deal. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting what's happening with Olympic sports. I think that those are the sports that are going to suffer the most. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the more I think about it, I'm, I'm starting to get on board with the idea of college football needs to separate itself and let those other sports stay in the conferences. I mean, I would much rather see USC, UCLA go play football in the Big Ten, but keep the Pac-12 as it is in those other sports because, it just doesn't make as much sense for basketball, volleyball, soccer, cross country, things like that to, you know, have the UCLA volleyball team travel the Rutgers and play and, instead of Utah. <laughs> doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, so I, I think some of those sports are going to suffer in, in all this realignment because it is all about football. The College Football Association years ago was on the right track when they were kind of going in that direction, just having football really run as almost a separate arm of every athletic department. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably the, what should happen. I mean, I, that's what's driving everything. It's TV and football, and it's not the other sports, and, and those are the ones that are going to get hurt the most. Uh, it, not only do that get hurt, hurt the most, but I think of the kids as well. I think of the student athletes. I, I believe they get hurt the most as well because you look at all these TV deals, right? You look at the SEC, $66 million annually will go to those schools, each with uh, this new media deal. And then there's talks about, what, $100 million annually a year going to each institution within the Big Ten. But then you look at the student athletes, and they don't see a penny of this. What can the student athletes do, in your opinion, to be able to get at least some some sort of cut um, within this uh, these big media deals? Yeah, I don't know. And I think that there, there was good steps that were put forward last year. NIL, I think, is a good thing overall. I think that that's going to help a lot of athletes. I just saw something uh, today that uh, there's, there's two twin uh, girls basketball or women's basketball players that they're both approaching $2 million in NIL deals. Wow. They've got like 30-some deals that, that they've already got. So um, that opens up opportunities for people like that. I think that's a great thing. Um, you know, I think one thing that people forget, and you know this, Justin, mm-hmm. you played there, but there's there's a stipend that athletes get. So they do get some money. I don't know how much And a scholarship. Is. And a scholarship. They get all that. But, like, the, you know, there is stipend money, and then there is, you know, because of the Austin case, there's that academic payment that they get now. So, you know, that's about 6000 bucks, And, you know, CU athletes, I don't know what it is at other, at other schools, but they're getting over $20,000 outside of their scholarship every year between the stipend and and the the Alston case money. And that that doesn't sound like a lot when you're talking about, you know, $100 million, but CU's not getting $100 million right now. They're getting about 30. Uh, so, and a lot of that goes into trying to fund all these sports and the facilities and things like that. So I don't think there's as much money just floating around there for the athletes as some people might look like there is, but, uh, you know, I think NIL helps to answer your question. I don't know if I'm totally answering your question, Justin, but, um, I think the NIL helps to get these athletes some uh, monetary um, benefits from playing these sports. Yeah, if I'm an athlete and I, I read that the SEC and Big Ten is going to receive nearly double the revenue oh, of the other, pack, other uh, Power Five conferences, that gets my attention. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's it's going to be interesting you know, to see how big these conferences get and see what it does to recruiting and, you know, does – the Pac-12, the, the Big 12, things like that become a minor league 
and it's possible they do. I don't know. And where is CU fit in that? I don't know. I mean, you look at their football program lately, it's hard to imagine them being included in the top half of, of the country mm-hmm. when they struggle. You know, they're just, they haven't been a good football program, and it's kind of sad to see because of what we know it can be, but they have not been a good football program, and um, it's hard to make an argument for them being one of the elite top 50, 60 teams in the country. Well, you know, Terry, it's just too bad that all my eligibility is gone. I can't help them <laughs> out anymore, you know. Uh, Brian, before I let you go, uh, best and worst case scenario. And look, I want to hear the best first and then bring me all the way down. And I mean down to the floor with the worst case scenario for the Buffs. Yeah, for me, best case is that the Big Ten decides to keep expanding and it wants to be coast to coast and add CU uh, along with an Oregon, Washington, uh, teams like that, and they go to some 24-team super conference, 30-team super conference, and, and CU's included. Even 18, though. They could, they, they could even be one of the teams included if they go to 18. 18, yeah, but I think that's less likely because that, I don't know if CU would be one of the two, but if they, if they go bigger, to me that's the best-case scenario. Somehow get locked into the Big Ten or the SEC, and I think the Big Ten's more likely. Worst-case scenario is that they don't get into that, and the Pac-12 dissolves. They're left behind, and they end up in a minor league, and that they're not one of the elite teams anymore. Come on, R-Mac, baby, let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you're always a great friend of ours. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. You bet, guys. Thanks. All right, that's Brian Howell of BuffZone.com, and he's doing his thing, huh? And coming up after the break, we're going to bat around more about USC and UCLA leading the conference, and, and maybe some moves close to our hearts and our geography that maybe the Pac-12 could look at to try to keep itself a viable league. We'll be right back after this. Sometimes all I think about is you Bad nights in the middle of June